Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the first rugby pod of 2020, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We've got some Guinness Six Nations live shows coming up early this year. We've got Edinburgh on the 6th of February. Yeah. Dublin on the 19th of February. Hello. Yay. Flat Iron Square in London on governor. the 4th of March. All right, Governor. And the Defo in Cardiff on the 5th of March. All are at awesome venues. And we've got a very special guest at each event and a free pint of Guinness for you as well. Plus, we're doing a one-off special event at the Guinness Six Nations launch on the 22nd of January at Tobacco Dock in London with some special guests as well. All the details and tickets can be found as usual at eventbrite.co.uk. And a massive thank you to Guinness for helping make these events happen. Yes, thank you, Guinness. Thank busy you. start to the year. Very busy. How's it, how's it all been so far? We haven't been on air for a couple of weeks. How, what have you guys been doing? Well, it was Christmas and New Year's, wasn't it? Put on much weight, Gertie, or what? Uh, yes. No. You liar. What? You walked out the tube station out of breath. <laughs> a lot of steps. Genuinely, you've, you have. You've, you said you were going to overindulge, and you have. <laughs> well, I did have a bit of an issue with the twins yesterday. So I walked into the lounge. And they were just like that. Daddy pig, daddy pig, daddy pig. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at them going, are you joking? Have you been speaking to Jim on FaceTime or something like that? You've been telling them to call me pig? No, no, I no, don't know. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, out of order. So I said to them, I said, Isabella, Olivia, come here. And I look up, 65 inch plus on the, on the wall. And there's Peppa Pig. They're like, no, daddy, daddy pig, daddy pig, pointing at daddy pig. So I felt like they were taking the mickey out of me, calling me a pig. But then just watching TV. You're edu- feeling a bit sensitive. Them. No, I'm not at all. I've loved Christmas. It's, you know, as you do, you eat, you drink, you be merry, you see family, friends, haven't seen Jim, which is nice. Um, and I've, you know, I might have put on a couple of pounds here or there, but New Year's resolution by the end of 2020 I'll be under 100 kgs again. Yeah. Ooh. All right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a skinhead. Yeah. Jim. Well, you, you will because it's fucking falling out, mate. So, uh, any New Year's resolutions, Jim? Um, I made a few myself and then my wife told me there needs to be one. So I, I said something like, I need to read more, which I've do- I'm doing. I'm reading Billy Connolly's autobiography. Looking at the pictures. Hilarious. No, pictures. Well, there's a couple of pictures in it, actually. Very easy to read, but it's transcripted in Glaswegian. <laughs> Mate, there ain't many people that could read that apart from a good self. Well, I thought you were always Edinburgh. I am hashtag always Edinburgh. We oh, can right. come on to that. Um, and then swear more, you fuckers. Um, not yeah. in front of the kids, though. Yeah, not in, front, not in front of the kids. And sleep more. Yeah. A lot of people over Christmas, I hate it. You hate Christmas? Well, I do now. Because of the kids. So, good Christmas, Jim. Define good. Eating lots, drinking lots, spending time with the family. This is the thing. Christmas Day was one of the longest days of my life ever, I think. Go back, peel back to Christmas Eve. You're all happy. You've got Alf on the TV, Home Alone, whatever you've got. I'd say I probably had one mouthful of wine and a mince pie, because obviously we put a mince pie. I don't know if JJ's listening to this. Hopefully he's not. He's nine. Mince pie by the fire. Father Christmas is coming. Obviously, I have half the mince pie. Only half, Goody. Okay. Christmas is coming. Yep. So then you get, you have an, an earliest night, 11 o'clock Christmas Eve, and you're thinking, right, what time are the kids... 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Mate, we, were st- we were still rapping till about one. Of course you were. Well, you you were rap- you were rapping. Yeah, well, we, we were watching someone do Pablo. <laughs> Pablo, the chef, was rapping. <laughs> so go to bed at 11 o'clock, rock and roll. Right, here we go. Let's see what happens. Was it bam, 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 bam. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, two o'clock in the morning, kids come in. Is it Christmas? Which ones? Uh, the older two. Okay. They're excited. Have you JJ and? Uh, Phoebe. Okay, she's so late. Two, three, two o'clock in the morning, they've come in. Four o'clock in the morning, they've come in. 
They came in at five o'clock in the morning to ask whether they can get up to the point where I said to Beck, if they fucking come in this bedroom again, I'm telling them Father Christmas ain't real. <laughs> I'm telling them it ain't real. Five past six, we're up. Half six in the morning, Christmas is done. Everything's been opened. And I am absolutely hanging. So anyone who's got kids out there, I've got four. Got twins. It is carnage, right? To the point where we sit down for Christmas dinner at two, and it feels two in the afternoon. It feels like midnight. I haven't had one drink. I haven't had one drink. I've checked checked my Garmin watch. I've done about fifteen thousand steps. Who cooked? Beck, bless her. Yeah. Get the chainsaw out. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Get the chainsaw out. So we've had about three or four arguments. Okay, and most people Christmas Day. I have this vision, right, where Christmas Day you you have your Christmas dinner. You sit down. <laughs> yeah. You sit down on Christmas Day with a glass of wine, put a movie on, and just fall asleep. For as long as you want. It could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be two. I didn't sit down until half seven, eight o'clock at night. I didn't have one drink. I was absolutely fucked. And I looked at my missus and said, good day. And she said to me, define good. <laughs> I said, exactly. So she's hating it as much as Merry you. Cr- it's just hard, mate. My point is it's hard. My twins, my twins woke up at half nine in the morning on Christmas there Day. There is the difference. Pablo's put them to bed. He's rocked them to bed with, pa- Pavletta, with, please. with 25 mils of cowpole on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so it was um, it was busy. So I reckon New Year's resolution for you, Jim, would be to speak a little bit less Jabberwocky. What's that? You don't know what Jabberwocky is? No. I've heard of Jabberwocky before. In what context, James? Um, it's, it's like um, Israelian, isn't it? No, it's not. it's not. It's basically speech containing meaningless words. Okay. You, you say a lot of meaningless words, don't you? Like what? That don't make sense. Okay. So uh, that could be a... I'll lose weight. You improve your speech. Vocabulary. Yeah. Linguistic scenes. There we go. Um, what? The what? Linguistic scenes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my news, New Year's resolution was given to me by my wife. Shout at the kids less. <laughs> hey, it ain't happened yet, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Actually, to be fair, that video you put up on, was it Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve, it went viral. <laughs> yeah, it went viral. It got about 400,000 views. I showed my missus and she went, I love our twins even more now. Because your two twins were screaming in the car, weren't they? Well, I actually do. You post, a, a, post a, a video on social media. Then you click in the verify, see if anyone important or perceived important viewed it, commented. And then you go into the masses, which we are. One woman comments on there. Point one, you shouldn't be driving and videoing. Mrs. is videoing. Cheers, love. Next one, there's clearly a problem here as the baby screaming is screaming, it is a cry for help. And her sibling um, is going to be crying also because he can sense that the other baby's crying for help. Fucking no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and you, what's your point? She's crying for help. I'm crying. I'm fucking crying for help. <laughs> help. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what's your point? Yeah. And she don't follow me. So she's just seen it on the 400,000 people that have viewed it. It's gone viral, viral and retweeted. And she puts her. 5 p.m. Was that a, uh, a little snapshot of your Christmas life. break? Well, no, like, no, just no, life in general. Genuinely, that video that I posted was a filtered version of what my two weeks have been like. My wife's going to kill me if she, but she won't listen to it because she says all you do is moan and shout. <laughs> no I doubt. She says, why are you with me? JK Rowling's party, you didn't make it to that? Oh, God, we did. Did you? We did. Got in trouble. As soon as the limousine door opened, security guard, big listener of the pod, it's like, mate, it's meant to be a private gig. So I can't say too much. 
about it because we weren't allowed our phones, which are actually really nice. You weren't allowed to video, videos what was going on. You know, eighty to hundred people. It was one of the best experiences of my life. You know, you know when people say that they're, they're not allowed to phones inside and you're not allowed to video it. That's because it's not really happened, and he's just making it up now. I reckon mm. you took a picture with your missus, didn't you, in a bit of fancy dress, bit well, of leather. We flew up to Scotland. I said, "Bet, get your leather trousers on. Get well, this hat on that you bought off Amazon." And we're going to take a picture and then we're going to fly home New Year's Eve with no kids. That's what we did. Um, I can't say too much apart from that we were singing Bohemian Rhapsody to see the new year in, which was pretty special. I'll be honest. It was it was unbelievable. So who else was there? Can't say. Oh, okay. I'll tell you off air. Not allowed to say. Was Nicola Sturgeon there slash Jimmy Cranky? No. What about the lid on her? Love it. Jimmy Cranky. Love it. Jealous. But um, it, was, it, it was good. I... It was nice for me and Beck, and this is this is what if we hadn't have gone there, I don't know whether we were, me and Beck would have made it in, made it through this this year. We went there and we danced, and I smiled once. I smiled at Beck. I smiled at her. Did you tell her you love her? She might have got a, a touch on the back, which I'm not that affectionate. I'm not that affectionate. She got a touch on the back, and she said, "Are you all right?" I says, "Beck, I'm happy. The kids aren't here. I'm happy." So, thank you to Joe for inviting us up you have saved our marriage by realizing i actually do love my wife and uh there's still a connection there does she still love you though james well i don't know yeah she does I'm gonna, well maybe ring her how, and can, ask her how can you not love this man no exactly look at him what a specimen and how last question on it then how much did your sister hate you after uh you left her with all the kids she said to me she has never been so tired in all her life. <laughs> welcome to your world. I says, welcome. Welcome. So I, I am on the lookout for, uh, has Pablo got a brother or not who wants to come? Uh, a couple of sisters, now? yeah. Yeah, all right. I might look out, look out for some more childcare this year so I can reconnect and shout less and swear more. It is key. Well, a little bit has happened uh, since we're last on air in the rugby world. Has it? Yeah, George Ford. Ellis Genge have re-signed with the Tigers. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, you're welcome, Leicester fans. Ellis Genge comes on the pod. I point blank asked him about his contract, and then uh, a couple of days later, he signed, sealed, delivered. Hurry through, Will Barrow. But, I mean, that's not the big news, is it? The big news, Nigel Ray <gasps> stepping down at, at uh, Saracens. Yeah, and Ed Griffiths is back as interim chief executive. Yeah. What have you guys made of all that? What do you make of this, James? Mate, I've, I've said my piece on it. It's old news to me now. Mate, I'm hashtag always Edinburgh. Oh, so, so you jumped ship again? No, I haven't jumped ship. So I've you, just, I've just moved on. I've given my complete points on it, and I tweeted about it and said, "What did you say?" I said, "Visionary and a top bloke, Nigel Ray." That's my, that's my opinion, and it, and it will stick. All this that's going on now, there's always going to be a fallout. It was always, there was always going to be more things that unfold, and they are unfolding now. But you said it's done and dusted the other week. You were like, just put it to bed, mate. It's, it's old news. But everything is done and dusted in terms of the points deduction and, and the fine. Oh, yeah, but it's not old news, though, is it, James? Well, I, t- I tell you what, one thing that I did look at and agree with on the defense of everyone else who's, who's been against it was Rob Baxter's comments. It's a shame that the people that have gone against Saris and made themselves known and, and been noisy about it, Rob Baxter being one, obviously Tony Rowe being another, if we're talking about Exeter, but there's been a load of other people. I still... Don't think that Danny Kay and Chris Robshaw should be, should be speaking about stuff. But again, it's their prerogative. So Rob Baxter made a good point and said that it shouldn't be the people that are shouting about it, about Saracens being in the wrong. Why are you pointing at me? That, uh, yeah, I don't know. That um, that should be the ones that are being... Chastised? Chastised, yes, Use sir. that word, James. Yes, sir. That are being chastised. Whatever the hell that means. But it sounds bloody good. Uh, and he was right. 
as more time to reflect. As I say, I'm not bothered about the whole situation. I oh, know you've got your house. You, you know, you're fine. Doesn't affect me, mate. No, you've got your house. You're, anyway. And you're out of the game now. Exactly, mate. So, but and there's still stuff going on. I'm sure Goody's going to get into it because he wants to avoid what's going on at Wasps. So he'll probably talk more about this. He's got big news. He tweeted about it. Big, big news coming out of Saris. Did I say big news, Jim? Something along them lines. No, yeah. I just said it's. I said I'm hearing it's going to be an interesting week at Saracens with Ed Griffiths first week in charge watch this space I didn't say big big news but if you're saying watch this space yeah. it's, it's, gonna, it's probably going to be something big well it is it is pretty big and I'll, I'll congratulate Ed Griffiths actually on one thing he's come in as the new CEO interim CEO for a year and the first thing he's done and I think he's been prodded a little bit to do it by other people but he's apologised the only person and the very first person to apologise for Saracens cheating on the salary cap for three years and that made you feel good no 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 but it, it's actually someone putting their hands up and saying, we are responsible. I'm sorry. We've done wrong. And we will try and fix it. Which is what clubs... That's why there's so much animosity. Because, you know... And I've got a lot of respect for Nigel Ray. And I, I did a piece on Rugby Pass. And it, I tried to be quite balanced about I it. I found it quite bizarre. What, the piece? A little bit. Why? Just because of how hard you've gone at Saris. But I, I thought your piece was balanced. I thought it was very good. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I've gone hard at But let, I, I've been pretty constant about the salary cap for oh, you have. three years of doing this podcast. Everyone's known about it, but not many people would have said things. And as you know, James, as the book you bought me at Christmas, which I still haven't had, actually. You got, you got the book with you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. it's in my um, I'll say what I think. And, um, you know, I've been saying for years that they're clearly breaking the salary cap. And I did the piece on Rugby Pass and tried to be balanced about Nigel Ray because he's done a huge amount for rugby. And we've said this before. And it's a shame to see him st- step down. But ultimately, what they've done for three years is cheat. You know, the game itself is not in a financial crisis, but it's at a tipping point right now where there's a lot of clubs losing a lot of money. And a lot of that is driven up by the wages, which have spiraled up over the last three, four years, which a lot of that has been to do with Saracens. And because they've been able to work the way they've worked, other clubs are then trying to spend to catch up with them. And it's blown the market wide open. And now you've seen today, Ed Griffiths has come out and made a statement on Rugby Pass that says they're having conversations with senior players uh, about either reducing their wages or letting players go because they actually now want to fit in with what every other club is buying into, the salary cap. He's basically said sorry for doing it the other day. And then he said the first step is that after being found guilty and receiving, receiving an unprecedented fine and points reduction, we have to demonstrate unequivocally that we are operating within the salary cap in the current season we have to do that without any ifs or buts we need to address the perception we are not operating on a level playing field in the coming days we need to recognize that we are partners with the other premiership clubs and we are not adversaries we are all shareholders in the same business and the ultimate goal is a commercially viable league and we are absolutely support a vigorously applied salary cap so he's the first person to admit that they've been cheating but uh, I, I don't he's not admitted that he has mate in his statements I mean, I've not, Jim, I've not Jim, read that no, Jim no, no. you are if you're, if you're saying that what he's saying isn't uh, an admission of guilt then you either you've got your Saracen's tinted spectacles on and you're blind to it or you're deluded I can't work out which I've one I've got my Saracen's testicles on mate <laughs> but yeah they, they, they've admitted it now that and, and they've accepted it and they've got to change so the rumours and, and, and there's meetings going on today apparently with senior players uh, Ed Griffiths from what I hear you know he's trying to move players around to other clubs where are you getting that information I've got sources in the game James but you know that's I don't, a, I don't have to reveal my sources but, but it's but, a fact he's actually said it so, so where he said it, he said it in 
on rugby pass no, today yeah, as well. No, he has said it. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I've, I've seen that. He yeah. said that he's going to be talking to players yeah. and they need to, yeah, I think... Reduce auto, wages I, or players leave. I, I think that that's the crux of it, isn't it? Which I believe I said this quite a few weeks ago. Um, but hey, I don't want to say I told you so, Jim, but I told you so. Okay. How do you think Nigel Ray will be remembered now? Um, uh, like Jim said, a visionary and someone that's done a lot of good. But ultimately, and there's two different types of people. Some people have got short memories, so we'll only re- remember the last part of his tenure and that could be the success all the trophies or that could be if you're not a Saracens fan the cheating around the salary cap so you've got to have a balanced view he's taken the game you know and people you can come up with all sorts of arguments that all the England players in the Saracens squad at the minute is great the visionary at the start brought in a load of world stars Tim Horan Castagnier Abdel Benazi all these players that other clubs started to follow and English rugby has improved a hell of a lot because of the impact that he's had but he's also the negative side of it People, like Rob Baxter said, there's people who have lost jobs. There's coaches that have lost their jobs. There's other people around clubs because they're trying to compete with Saracens. And ultimately, we said it on here before, you see other clubs lose players. Carl Sinclair supposedly is going to Bristol because Harlequins can't fit him in within their budgets. Never happens at Saracens. And, you know, that's the crux of it. Some people will remember the short term, just the medals and the, and the trophies. Other people will remember the failure of compliance with salary cap and other people will try and have a balanced view of everything that he's done for the game that's what i've tried to do um like i said in my piece he let me stay at his house but he also was the chairman when when my contract got terminated by mutual consent at saracens do you think the english game is worse off for him leaving it now or could it go backwards without a guy like him involved no i I think the game's in a good place again the finances and me and goody have spoken about that Rugby isn't a game that makes money. At the minute. At the minute. Okay. And I think it's going to be a long, long way. And we spoke about it last week and we'll get on to it. Have you got... Uh, so he's lost his appetite. Is that what you're saying? What do you mean? Well, I'm sure he has now. Yeah. Nigel. I'm sure he has lost his appetite. I'm sure he has. I, I imagine this has taken a huge toll on him because I don't think there's any malice. I think that he's found a loophole that they've obviously optimized and people are pissed off about it. And the way that Nigel was perceived before because of what he's done for the game, but also what he's like as a bloke, a human being. Mm. Anyone who's had any interactions with him, not just rugby, charity being a big thing. And yes, it's, you know, charity is good when you've got loads of money, but you don't have to give it away. Nigel gives it away to the Matt Hampson Foundation, loads of other charities. So there's a generosity there that he's done how he's changed people's lives away from rugby. But it's time now to move on. Now's a good time because of what's happened, but also his age. And I was at Sarri's a couple of years ago as an ambassador Lucy Ray his daughter was taking the reins anyway so it's a shame that it's ended like this I, I, I think the, the dust will settle there's money now been passed to the clubs you know extra give a bit of money to charity or whatever you're giving it all to charity I think extra I, I don't know what more I don't know what more we can say mm. about it why bring back Ed Griffiths I think that he knows the business inside out he was there when whatever was going on was going on I think he was part of the initial process um, when it all got sort of kept under under wraps. Um, and that's why he left the club originally. And he was the pioneer of senior players, don't have an agent, just deal with me. And that's how it started, basically. Anyway, Edward Griffiths, I think, is the right man to do it. I don't know if you know, but in the 95 World Cup when South Africa won, he was the team manager of South Africa. For me, he's a doer. That, that Again, I can only go on my experiences. Like Goody said, I don't know about numbers and all them things, but he's had the good conversations with the players when I was there, when everything was rosy and more, when everything was amazing. We went on these trips and... Salary cap was broken. 
and all these things that we that we're talking about, Saracens, everything that was good about it, Edward Griffiths was the man that was leading that and that was giving the news. Now I think he has come in and said, actually, the bad news. I'm going to be the bearer of it, and I'm going to be speaking to the players straight. If if in fact what we're hearing is true and Goody Source is right, and he's having to speak to to players in that team that they're not being kept on. You know, you, I was looking through the squad of what players potentially would go. Um, and then you actually do realise the depth of the squad that they've got. So, Oh, it's finally... No, no, well, you, we know that anyway. So I think that he's going to come in and uh, I think he'll sort it out the, quickly the other, I think well. the, I think the other thing, and he said that, he said they've got to make some quick decisions on it, but it is people's livelihoods. And that's the, the thing with the players that have signed these contracts, there's a whole employment law thing going on now as well. Because it, all of a sudden, if you're told, if you're player A, and I won't name a player, but if you're player A and they said, actually, we need to take 100 grand off your contract, you ain't going to be very happy with it, are you? But you've also got to understand, I think for those players, you've had the good times and this is part of the reason why you've had the good times that actually we need to change it now. And it'll be interesting to see. Some players will have to leave, I think. Will, will Saracens be able to pay, if they have to if they have to cut someone's contract by 100 grand, will they be able to pay them out for them to leave? Or like, how does that work? Because if you've signed a deal to say you're, you're on 200 grand and we're saying we're only, we can only give you 100 grand now, how does that work? I think they might have to do that. And I don't know whether if that is the case and they're over the salary cap this year because that's where the issues will lie, won't they? If, I, if I'm still a player at Saris, I'll be that player that get an hundred grand taken off me and I'll be left with 500 grand. Well, um, I was going to say five quid. So, like Goody said, imagine you're a player in that team. Like, it's not going to be Marrow or it's not going to be Billy or Owen that's getting a hundred grand taken off them. It's, I don't know, Let's have a look. Juan Figolo, who's not played, he's been injured Juan for a Figolo, while. Juan Figolo, Figolo, Figolo. I mean, that, that's, I have no idea. That's me just throwing a, a name into the mixer. I think what they're going to try and do is get some players out on loan to other clubs because then it doesn't sit under the salary cap for their wages this year. But that then becomes an issue with other clubs because we know a load of other clubs are spent up to the salary cap. So how do they fit them in? I'll tell you what, you know that gif with the Batman sign, zoom into the air, that's Die Young this morning. He is literally flashing that. Is into, he why? Because we're, into, we're the, into, it, the, into the midnight sky saying, please, if you look give at the me table, someone, give me anyone. If you look we at the are table, de- we're desperate. Well, we got, we're short on second rows, to be fair. So, we, especially with launchers getting injured, but we're above Leicester in the league and London Irish. So, okay. Uh, yeah, things are going really well. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Not, we're not on to Wasps yet. We'll get right. there. The other thing on Saracens is, from what I hear, I know Nigel, the Ray family own the club, and, and one of the, the statements was they will still financially support the club. They're trying to sell it from what I hear. So he'll financially support them until it's sold. That is another rumour. And it's only a rumour on the Rob It's a big rumour. It's a, it's a massive rumour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hearing these things. Yeah. All I'm hearing is that Edinburgh beat Southern Kings by 60 points <laughs> at the weekend. Great comms though, Jim. Hey, well, thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. I, I didn't name, listen to it. I said a name wrong. The fine that the um, Saracens have got that's been divvied out to premiership clubs, what did you guys make of that? I mean, what are they... And, and it not going out to um, grassroots rugby because there's been a bit of controversy around that. Uh, there's controversy around everything. Yeah, that, that's what they've all signed up for. Um, and, you know, the clubs get the money and it's what they've all signed up for, like they've signed up for the salary cap. And it's then down to the clubs what they do with it. So extra Tony Rowe, he obviously sees it as dirty money um, for the club. He doesn't want it on their balance sheet. So he's putting it to their foundation, which is a good thing to do. But other clubs won't do that. They don't have to. Talking of controversy. Go on, James. Did my song... Go down a storm, or did it go down a storm? Why change Christmas? the subject? No, I'm just saying we're talking about controversy. Oh, right, okay. So my wife's cousin John was listening to it. He didn't mention the um, Beck shaving her head. He didn't mention it. So. <laughs> he didn't tell her. What do you mean he didn't tell her? He didn't tell her that you sang that. I hope not. <laughs> Controversial. 
Did you, um, I know you're always Edinburgh now, but did you manage to watch uh, Saracen's victory on the weekend? Yes, I did. Um, I've brought back, because, I mean, it's back. there's been a couple of weeks, there's been a couple of weeks off, and um, I made some notes. Jim's about, notes about is back game, for 2020. So, the head of my notes says Edinburgh versus Southern Kings, then it's crossed out. So you didn't do any notes for that one? No, I forgot, <laughs> even though I was commentating on it. Uh, and then I made notes on some of the games, yeah. So... I didn't make any notes on the Saris Worcester because it was almost like a team run. Um, so you got a header there for uh, Saris Worcester and then... Nothing underneath. No, I, ran, I ran out of time. But I made a load of notes on Worcester Northampton. Well, we'll talk, about, talk about Saracens Worcester. 60-odd points. It's 60. like a team run. Oh, it was, yeah. Oh, People points. are talking about being ill now. Do you reckon he'll make the six-station squad? Oh, 100% has to. Love him. Yeah, the form he's in. Is he the best back rower in the Premiership right now? I'd say he is. Yeah. On form. Um, and they dropped him for ex- the extra game. Uh, which they lost, uh, do the maths. Pakistan at eight, if you want to watch a bit of Ruggers. So he's on the back row, playing seven, but he packs down at eight because he is rapid off the scrum. And one of Sarri's tries came off him, picking and going, going from the back of the, the scrum. Rapido, quick ball, boom, you're away. There's a bit of rugby noise for you. Good notes, Jim. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, so was I've got um, Minotzi drivers good. <laughs> Go read some more notes out. Um, well, I've not got any from Sarri's Worcester. Um, what we have got to say about that game, though, obviously, there's the big news about Michael Fatialofa. Oh, my um, word. Yeah. You know, it's tragic, really. And, you know, from the last thing we've heard from uh, his wife is that he's stable in intensive care, but it's a, it's a horrible thing to see. And the game was delayed for 15 minutes, wasn't it? Mm. Um, stretch it off. Medics were phenomenal. Uh, I think he's in hospital in Paddington. So yeah, you know, thoughts with him and, and as a Worcester team, okay, they've they've conceded sixty and they were onto a hiding anyway, but emotionally when you see that for your own player, it must be pretty tough to deal with as well mm. as they're you know, for the last sort of thirty minutes of the game when he when he gets stretched off. Um so thoughts and, and prayers with, with him and his family. Hundred percent area. Do you wanna move on to um Wasps? Yes. Goody, I, I saw you posting a picture. Oh yeah, with old with old Carol. You can't Vorderman. mate. You can't call her old. You can't say old Carol Vorderman. Did I say old? Yeah, you said oh, with old. <laughs> it's, it's Carol Vorderman, her name. It's not old. Okay, Carol I mate, you old Carol. Yeah, Vorderman, she's lovely. She's lovely. She was in the Andy Good suite. It was ram packed again, guys. Just to let you know. Oh mate, look packed. The stadium looked absolutely rammed. Well, there's actually more fans. Four hundred stewards. That yeah. was about it. <laughs> that was about two and a half hours. Yeah, before of kickoff, course. Jim. Yeah, yeah. So there was, I think there was fourteen and a half thousand there, which dwarfs what Saracens get. Uh, Andy Goodsweet packed four sixty, I think. Okay, well let's let's Carol Vorderman was in there. Yeah, I was going to say let's peel back, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, to your conversation with Carol. Well, it started off on stage because you know I found out she was in there, went and said hello to her. I said, "Oh, am I allowed to, you know, say something on stage?" And she was like, "Yeah, of course you can." What did you say? So she's good with numbers, isn't she, Carol? She's very good at maths, good with numbers. Yeah. And you know the whole cheap gags—they're the easiest ones. Go on then. So I just said uh, Saracens could do with. Uh, a bit of help with their maths and, and their numbers, with their accounting and their salary cap, and no better woman to do that than Carol Vorderman. And people loved it. I don't get it. The boss fans were crying with laughter, as were the Saints fans. Not Saracens fans, though. Because they, they ain't got any. I don't, I don't get it. They ain't got any. Did so she what, have any insight into the, the numbers that uh, Wasp uh, putting on the board at the moment, Goody? Oh, or? gosh. Well, yeah, we beat Bristol away from home with a five-pointer. We should have beaten Harlequins, but Wayne Barnes didn't give a penalty try. And, um, you know, we lost at the weekend to a very, very good Northampton team that we could have beaten. With so, 13 men. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really 13 men, was it? They yeah. had 15. It was yeah. 15 v 15 at the end. Yeah. Was it? Well, Nairavoro counts for three people. So, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Tom Collins got sent off. I mean, I'm just... 
Yeah, yeah but it was down to 13. Unless he, but, unless he came back on. But, but yeah. Naira is three people, so yeah, that yeah, technically yeah. makes it. No, what happened? They get ahead, and you know, Hutchinson, who I love, should have been sent off for that shoulder charge. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I saw the tip tackle he got. Or a yellow card. Thomas Young should have been yellow carded for the slap down. But we get ahead, and two errors cost us the game. And I say us, because... You say us, but you mean you and Carol. Yeah, 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 yeah. and Carol. Um, so we, they start off, when Thomas Young slaps the ball down, that gives a penalty away. And he should have got yellow carded for that. I don't know how Matt Carley gives a yellow card to Kobus Reinach in a penalty try, which is the right decision for a slap down. Then a minute later, another slap down doesn't give a yellow card. I just don't get that with refs. Inconsistent. I, I thought he had a belter of a game. I thought he did really well. Um, then, then they kicked a touch. Uh, from the penalty, which was around the halfway line, kicked a touch, it gets to around the 22. Then they take the ball off the top of the line out. Tiamon Harrison runs, and boy, that boy runs hard, doesn't he? Mm. Head going everywhere. Jimmy Gopeth misses the tackle. Thought Jimmy Gopeth was excellent when he came on, changed the game for us. Misses the tackle. They get over the gain line there, and then they end up with a scrum about 10 metres out and give it Naira Voro. All the best. I don't think anyone would have stopped him. Sam P has tweeted in, he wants to know where Wasps go from here after conceding to 13 men. What I should say is, I'm only giving Goody shit about Wasps because he's giving shit about Saris. Oh, well, you're it, backtracking, are And you? I'm not allowed to call him fat anymore because we know that that is not politically correct, even though Ricky Gervais has gone full noise in Hollywood and if he can do it, I can do it. So I, I'm not against Wasps. I, I look at their performance and I saw players with desperation. I saw their defence. They were fighting for everything. Um, they wanted it bad. You know, Gopeth makes a big difference when he comes on. When they're carrying the ball, um, they're carrying aggressively. So I'm only joking about when I talk about Wasps. I don't want them to go down. They're, they're a quality team. Mentioned about it before. But Northampton, good team. You've got Naivoro in that team who can score from anywhere. And ultimately, he's the one that scores the winning try. So I don't, Northampton are a really good team. Like, I reckon they've got to be up there to, to make the final. Like that, they are that good. You look at the strength and depth that they've got. And I've got, hey, Interestingly, Jim's notes, Northampton, strength and depth. Alex Moon playing well, great lid, long hair. Lewis Ludlam back. Courtney Laws playing six, shows they have strength and depth at lock. What I, I saw genuinely, having watched Irish, without being horrible to them, and Leicester, I watch Wasps, and I think, like you said, when Gopeth is fit, he makes a massive difference to that team. Something's clearly up with Sopper Wanger, he ain't playing. Is he injured? He's, he's been ill. He has been ill. And then, uh, so he missed the Christmas games, Harlequins and Bristol because he was ill. Smart. Uh, yeah, I mean, very smart, actually. But then Jacob Umanger plays 10 against Bristol, gets man of the match. So, so what I should say, he's brilliant. His mum works my mum, uh, apparently. Young bloke, can't play every game of the season. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the thing. But Gopeth can play 10. Yeah. Um, Minotzi, obviously a brilliant player. They've got Thomas Young back. He's massive. Launch was a loss, though. Jack Willis. Uh, Jack Willis is great. So they've got enough from what I kind of see to stay up. What did you make of Stuart Barnes' comments saying Sopawanga was a clumsy mistake? I mean, on form, you'd say that it's a sign in that at the minute he hasn't reached his potential in the Premiership. And I, don't, I think that's fair to say. And the way it happened, and people go, oh, you had Cipriani and then you didn't re-sign Cipriani. You've got Sopawanga and Sopawanga hasn't performed very well. And that's what basically Barnes is saying, I think. The whole Sips thing was he was coming out of contract at the end of that season. His first hope was to get picked for England. And if he didn't, he was going to look to go and play abroad. So when you're in the throes of negotiating, a club can't wait for certain players to make that decision. So they went, okay, well, if you're going to wait towards the end of the season, you don't want to sign anything now, you don't want to discuss it now, we've got to go and sign someone else. And they went and found what they thought at the time was the best option on the market. And that was Sopawanga. Let's not forget, he's an all-black. He'd played in... 
you know, he'd won Super Rugby, uh, played an attacking brand of rugby. And at the time, I remember talking about the podcast going, we signed a worldie of a 10. Because over there, he was playing unbelievable rugby. Couldn't quite get in the All Blacks team regularly because obviously Bowden Barrett was there. But everyone, when they signed him, went, geez, he's a damn good player. Good signing. And he hasn't translated that into premiership form uh, for one reason or another. You know, he had a load of issues last year, you know, getting settled and playing with different scrum halves and third choice inside centres. And then and being it's going asked from to... Aaron Smith being his scrum half. Exactly. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And, and then having to run a game in a different environment. And it was difficult for him. He's not performed. Um, so I'm not blindly defending him. I'm just saying that these are circumstances. So. Cipriani then goes and signs for Gloucester and it was a last minute signing, wasn't it? Mm. You know, we've spoken to Billy Burns gets moved on to Ulster and it's all, you know, negotiation is all about timing for a player and a club. Look at Ulster now with Billy Burns there. Would he have left Gloucester and gone to Ulster had Cipriani not signed? No, sorry. Absolutely not. So that's what that, you know, it's circumstances that made that happen. What couldn't be left at the end of 17-18 season on Cipriani with a fair risk that he'd go abroad and not stay in the premiership and then not have any other option to go to so you had to go and sign someone and that's how it turned out and he hasn't performed as, as well as anyone would hope I think even himself but he's, it's not for the want of trying I don't think Talking of circumcision and performing oh, yes. Malachi Fekatoa me old selfie Willie Pitcher <laughs> how good is he playing now? <laughs> yeah and I, I said Taking a while to settle Yeah um, what, about question marks. what about his eyes when he goes and smashes mate, someone? What about when he's ripping the ball you'd be like mate you take the ball <laughs> I don't want it you ripped it off mate Good. I'll, I'll pat him on the back as he was running through yeah. and say to him, mate, that's one of the best pictures I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. In my life. Yeah, he's got the rage when he wants it, hasn't he? I'll tell you what, he's got the rage. Exeter three from three over the festive period. Jim, you must be stoked that um, you finally actually picked them to finish in the top four. Again, that, what a ridiculous what? statement. What are I'm, you I'm, talking I know, about? I don't know. I'll I tell you what, I can't remember what the top four that we picked. I what? think I put Waston at fourth position. Yeah, I think you do. I think I put that Sale. Was I, I, that was loyalty. That was loyalty. I think I put Sale, didn't I, in the yeah, top you four? Yeah, you put you Sale. Did. That was wise, Jim. Um, that was wise. Exeter, what have I got here? They bashed Saris the other week, didn't they? Bullied them. And then Billy, what are you doing, Billy? I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> Wayne Barnes, uh, Billy, walk away now. No, I'm a grown-ass man. He is, though, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah, but it's disrespectful. And luckily, Jackson Ray just peeled back to him away, didn't he? Exactly. I'm a grown-ass man. I am. I'm a real man. I've got hair on my back and everything. And your bush. Uh, very true. <laughs> um, I didn't make many notes, actually, for Irish exit. I mean, it was not a nothing game. I don't want any disrespectful. Irish scored 28 points and got a bonus point uh, Exeter the the wheel just keeps on turning that they made a couple of really good signings in the summer for Mullen in the back row yeah didn't play at the weekend Kirsten me old I mean imagine, keep away from the sun I mean playing play winter imagine his bush oh gosh <laughs> I don't think it's nothing well I'll ask Hoggy okay. and see what he says um South African and I've always said it if you want to have a good team that's durable in the premiership sign South African players you fill your team with some South African players you're not going to go far wrong. You saw Gloucester do that in recent years. Obviously, Sale have done that and they're, they're performing well. Extra as well by bringing them two in. And then you add to the fact that Sam Simmons is back. Um, How good is he? I think he's brought an, a new level of speed, I'd say. Explosivity? Yeah, I, well, he was explosive already. But I just think that his turn of pace now and his footwork and stuff like that. He had a knee injury, didn't yeah, he, as well? I see how. Yeah, I, I think he looks better. I think he looks better than, than last year. And you think they've signed Johnny Gray now? on top of what they've got already. Um, oh, mate, don't talk about the salary cap, Jim. That's oh, I'm not. I'm not. You know, th- we should talk about Johnny Gray as well, because I think... Uh, oh, my you, tackles. Well, for me, you, you've that that is a match made in heaven by him going there. And I think it's a really, not brave move, but would he have stayed at Glasgow for more money, potentially? 
but I think that he wants to become a better. I think he wants to be a lion. I think his evolution now is to be a, a British and Irish lion, and to do that, he needs to leave Glasgow. No disrespect to, to Glasgow, and it's tough. Why even horrible to Glasgow? I'm not. Why, why is everyone leaving there? Why is everyone leaving? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Always. Yeah. No, it's it's not. It's hashtag warriors. <laughs> we were warriors. I don't even know the, the Glasgow one, but. Um, big loss. They've obviously signed Nakawara. There's talk of Richie Gray going there as well. But I think for the Premiership, Johnny Gray, Gray he's going to he's going to go to the next level. That's what I think. He's he's made like a thousand tackles or something ridiculous and missed one. Yeah, a guy that's made one thousand and six tackles and how many has he missed? And he's missed thirteen. These are the stats that well, producer th- Tim have given us. A thousand and one. And he's missed one. Sounds way better. So okay, well, yeah, we'll do, we can he do needs it. To work a bit harder. Yeah, we can do it that way. So that is a match made in heaven and Exeter. I don't know. Let's call let's call it now as we head into January. Champions. Yes. Them in Northampton in the finale. Very impressed with Exeter. Sam Hill as well. He's always been. I good. hated playing against him. He is pound for pound one of the toughest centres to tackle. Uh, Ali Heaver said something about Sam Hill after the game, saying he's turning into a very, very good premiership player. I'm like, mate. He's been good for years. I know. That's why yeah. he knows more. Ali yeah. Ali Heifer obviously does. London Irish, uh, three in a row now that have lost. Are they sort of in danger of yes. going down? Yes, they are now. Yeah. Uh, they've they've got, lost all momentum. Yeah, they've got... I mean, they started the season with a win at Wasps, um, and then they drew at Bristol as well in that first sort of period. They got hosed by Sale at home. They got hosed by Bath at home the other week that I commentated on, and then hosed by Exeter at home. I said it... We, we've talked about it, and Jim actually said Worcester could get dragged back into it. You said Worcester would go down, didn't you? That was your prediction. But yeah, I mean, they have got some quality players there. Coleman, Naholo when he's back from paternity leave, Phipps at nine. But the squad depth, I just don't think he's good enough. And I'm not writing them off, but Leicester, you've seen them get a five-pointer over Bristol last weekend. They've improved performances. They've clicked now, and they? They're back like They Leicester. have, but they're going to lose a lot of players over the Six Nations. And then, so momentum's massive. Um, Wasp got the victory down at Bristol. It's amazing what one victory can can do for confidence and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Irish, they're sliding backwards, whereas other teams seem to be improving. And Saracens will catch them, I'm sure. Uh, but Bristol have also lost mm. all, all three games over the Christmas period. Yeah, People are talking about them being potential champions. No. No. Gloucester won with a try bonus point in the West Country derby. Uh, are they back to the kind of form that makes them a top four team, do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. You do? I think they are a top four team purely because probably where Saracens are and a couple of other clubs are underperforming. You know, they, they score tries for fun. Their defence, actually, Gloucester. You talk about teams and Cipriani and you're always going to talk about attack and Louis Rees-Samet scoring tries for fun. Yes, you're English, Louis. But their defence, they concede the least amount of tries in the Premiership. So Yeah, their physicality. Franco Murray, the hooker, spoken about a couple of times, commentated BT Sport on him a few times. He's brilliant. He is, for me, one of the best hookers in the Prem. Hard. South African mm. from Durban, played from the Tull, I think. The, Shark, um, the Sharks, my team. My team as well. I played for them in the 21s. Oh, nice. I know. Yeah, very good. You know what? Um, here's something nice. So, JJ was playing rugby on Sunday up at Stowe Rugby Club, and some of the Gloucester lads were there. Grobler was there. Uh, Franco Murray. He took a head knock as well, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, did. he got rocked concussed. up. Corey Faree rocked up. Some of the younger lads as well, which I thought, you know, and they fully got involved at grassroots rugby. I thought, you know, in the modern game, that that's nice. Because if Goody was there, he'd be moaning, moaning his life away. No, I wouldn't. I'd be as positive as anything if well, I was a player. It's funny, funny that you said that, Jim. You phoned me on Sunday, didn't you, when JJ was playing rugby? What did I say? And you said, JJ, fair play to him, was absolutely carved up. He said, the Gloucester boys are here. Imagine being there. I bet they're devastated. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me if I was there. I was captain. I had, a lot of, I had a lot on my plate when I was back there. But anyway, shout out to the Gloucester lads and the community team there. Um, Terry Fanalua. 
Yeah. Do you remember him? The I hated playing against him as yeah, well. Yeah, love, Socks down hard as fuck. Love the forearm. Love yeah. the forearm. Uh, he's there running the community stuff. And uh, actually, yeah, it was nice. JJ's at the front of the queue asking, oh, have you ever played against Saracens? My dad played for Saracens. I was like, JJ, I was captain of Gloucester, mate. Don't worry about Saris. In the glory years. Don't worry about, don't not worry about Saris, mate. Gloucester captain. Um, but I thought it was very nice of them. They turned up on a Sunday. Good on them. So Leicester's still in 11th, but it, does it feel a little bit like they've turned a corner? Yes, you guys? they have. Yeah. yeah. I, um, confidence is everything. Now, sometimes when you lose or a coach gets sacked, which Bakewell has, and I know he wasn't the head coach, you normally see a spike in performances, don't you? You do. Now, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. I think that the quality that Leicester got, we've, we've always spoken about it. You look at their team sheet. It ain't 11th. Look at the players that they've got. We don't need to go through it. Bristol, good team. They've obviously not played well over Christmas and they were desperate to win the game. Drew against Quinns at the big game at Twickenham and then they've backed the performance up this week and they must, need, must, must needed a win. Yeah, two big things about Leicester at the minute. One, their scrum at Twickenham. Absolutely hosed Marler and Sinclair. Dan Cole dominated that. That got them back in the game to get the draw. But also, not many people have mentioned him, but Veanu's back. Mm. He is tearing up trees. So yeah, he makes a massive. He's out of contract. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> he makes a massive difference in their in their attack, and uh, you know he's making yard after yard. And you know when you've got that team, man, who hasn't played the last two weeks, they've mm. been pretty good. So you know when Jim talks about the actual team, looking at it on paper, Taufu has come in, and yeah, and, he's a big difference. Yeah, big difference um, for him. Leicester will be fine, and it is confidence. And that victory, it got a bit nervy in the second half against Bristol because that Bristol scored a couple of tries back to back scored a try then straight from the kickoff scored another and then until Johnny May gets to try in about the 73rd minute to win it um, which actually Oliver Feller does really well uh, with the offload and then Vianu uh, gets a two on one with Johnny May and they get the win so confidence boosting victory uh, Bristol with some questions couple of good re-signings as well Genji, you're welcome. But the, I've read something that, that it was subject to them not getting relegated. Have they got something mm. like that in well, there? Yeah, or not? everyone has clauses. But where are you going to go at that point of the year to get that kind of money? So say, right, say let's like get Mark relegated. Wilson's gone to Sale, hasn't he? On loan. Yeah, he played for Sale. Yet, no, he's he? been injured, but yeah. it, Newcastle got relegated. He oh, so they could go on loan. But yeah. I mean, but the tens a big thing, is it? So George Ford, less to get relegated, where most people have got the very best ten. So who's going to pay him that? Well, he didn't. I don't think he had many options to go elsewhere anyway. That's horrible. Mate, well, he's no, just a 10. He's England's of the, 10. Well, of the facts of look at every other club in the Premiership, where could he have gone? Quinns have got Marcus Smith. He's on a very good contract now. Saracen's got Owen Farrell. Uh, London Irish potentially, but, you know, are you going to go to London Irish? Who else? Gloucester have got Cipriani. Bath don't, have got Priestland. Don't say Worcester with my mate Dunkey Weir there. Worcester, he could have gone to Worcester. No, well, no you can't say that. Well, I did say it. Um, Exeter, he's not going to go there. Simmons is there. Wasps potentially. Depend on Sopperwanger. Oh, yeah. Down the road. Because Sopperwanger's out of contract. But there isn't, of there wasn't out of actually. Contract, sorry, out of and he's out of contract at the end of the year. Um, there wasn't actually that many other options for him. Sale, potentially, uh, but not with Diamond, I don't think. Hey, what about Quinns as well? Marla. Yeah. It was hey, it was always going to spill over, weren't it? it was, there was going to come a point where something happened. I mean, who takes nearly 50? Mate, oh. I know. Um, mate, Sale, called it. This is it for them. South Africans everywhere. South Africans all over the place who like contact. Oh, jeez. And I like mean, to run hard. Mate, you don't mess with, you don't mess, one, you don't mess with the South African, unless you may and you, <laughs> Epsabeth, you take him to the clinic. <laughs> there ain't many that would do it. <laughs> Marla, what are you doing, mate? He's got two brothers that um, are both bigger than you. Mate, how much did he shit himself when he's given, he's obviously just trying to rile them up and maybe get a penalty turn round from a reaction, but 
Marla properly shit himself when all three brothers rocked up. Yeah. And do you know what I loved yesterday? Ashy's on TV yesterday doing BT Sport. Saw him. That made him look quite fit, actually. Yeah. yeah. He's had his teeth done. Yeah. It? Well, he's, he's had, still smells. Yeah. He's had them whitened. Yeah. yeah. But he just said that those boys, wherever they go, there's always a bit of trouble in town, whether it's in a pub or whatever. The three of them together, boom. Big lads, all of them. The, ten, the, the ten's massive. Do you think they were screaming in the car like my twins when they were younger? <laughs> I reckon so. I bet they weren't even wearing um, seatbelts, just fighting in the back seat all day. But you talk about hard. What about Aka van der Merwe, the hooker? Mm. He's hard as food. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Joe Marler, unfortunately, mate, because he ain't happy with you. Absolutely ridiculous quote. Did, uh, you, did you enjoy it? I didn't enjoy it, but I could see something spilling over. You know what I mean? He was shouting at, at Nick White for, for the, the kick last year, the box kick. He flicked a couple of testicles, which I don't mind. Um, you could see there was going to be something that was going to happen at some point where it wasn't going to go well for him. And there's always a bit of bad blood between Marlon Yard and the old Quinns boys as there well. Is. Yeah. He got ragdolled out of that ruck, didn't he? By, um, yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, by Simmons. Yeah. Good fun. Fun and games. It is, mate. I think it's about time we got a guest on, uh, isn't it? So uh, I thought we'd get uh, a big name on to kick off 2020 as we mean to go on. So Wales fly half Gareth Anscombe joins us. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me. Mate, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, mate, we'll get straight into it because I know you're out with an injury at the minute and it's a, a long-term injury and probably longer than you expected and maybe the fans expected. Um, straight up, how are you? Um, I'm not too bad. I, I have some. Good days and bad days, like everyone else. It's it's been a pretty um, you know testing time, and I guess you learn a bit more about yourself during this. But it's been pretty frustrating. But I think it came out that I had a, a second operation um, a couple of weeks ago, which was probably always planned. We'd hoped that I wouldn't need it, but it's pretty common these days with these injuries. And um, you know that's that's allowed me to feel much better, and I'm I'm making slow gains. Um, I've still got to make some further improvements to really get it going, but it's okay. And, and uh, you know, um, hopefully, um, you know, I'll see some light at the end of the tunnel soon. And it's pretty rare that you see us warriors just cracking on when, when we're injured. But um, in all seriousness, when you injured your knee in the game, and it looked quite serious, you carried on playing. I think you even put a, 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 an up and under in. Did you not realise how serious the injury was when you initially did it? Yeah, it was a funny one, really. I, I remember doing it, and, and it, look, it felt unusual. I heard a bang and a pop and a bit of a twist, but when I hit the deck, I sort of quickly checked my knee to see, if, you know, structure, if it felt unusual, and it didn't. It was a little bit sore, um, but, you know, obviously when you, you know, I've seen a lot of boys playing rugby um, have ACLs, and, you know, you know, they're in immense pain, and I guess my reaction was a lot different to that, which is why I, I didn't think it was that serious. And, you know, the doctors and physios checked it out and at the time they, they, they thought it was okay. So, you know, the advice was just to try run it off and, um, you know, I kicked the conversion with it, which was the first bit that it was quite sore. And then about 10 minutes later, I, I had about two kicks out of hand and both were really sore. And I guess after the second one, I kind of knew I was, I'd done something a little bit more serious. And then, um, I guess at the end, I, I had a quick chip and chase just to sort of finish it off. And, and I knew it wasn't probably quite right. And the fact that I played on and, you know, managed to kick a little bit, we felt, you know, hopefully that would mean it wasn't too bad. But, you know, the scan was certainly a lot worse than, than what we first uh, feared. So can we go into a bit of detail about the injury? Obviously, you know, to our listeners, they don't all know about an ACL injury. So the anterior cruciate ligament snaps um, and you've got to have another operation. You've had another operation, haven't you? Can you give us some detail on it and how, how it all is? Yeah, so um, usually you find, I think, you know, talking to the specialists, when, when guys uh, rupture the ACLs, you know, as soon as 
basically with ACLs, as soon as you, you have a little tear, it's as good as tearing, you know, as bad as it can be. It doesn't matter because it needs to be operated on regardless. It's, it's the same injury, really. Um, but usually when you do rupture it, you usually tear a little bit of your meniscus and can do some of the other ligaments. Um, I only tore my ACL and then uh, I had a slight small tear in my meniscus, which was quite low level. To be honest, but where my injury's probably been um, a little bit unique is I've got I've developed um, some bone bruising uh, in my leg, which is, is fairly unusual. So it, it, you can't you can't see it, but basically when I ruptured my ACL, I think my femur and and uh, tibia, I think it is, they, they've collided with with a bit of force, and because of that, it's re- resulted in, in, a, in a thing called bone edema, which is a a fairly unusual bone bruising and swelling, and, and that sort of inhibited a bit of my rehab, and which is why we've sort of had to be quite patient with it. And then on top of that, my second operation was more around uh, releasing the scar tissue that builds up, uh, you know, as a result of um, the operation, and that's given me a bit more freedom and uh, released, you know, a few things that were pretty tight. And you know, that, I'm certainly in a better place now for the second off. And, uh, hopefully, once this bone bruising sort of heals itself, you know we're we're able to push ahead and and really get you know into the thick of it. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. And look, you know uh, we all heard the news that Wayne Pivak ruled you out of the tour to New Zealand. So when should the rugby world, the Wales fans, be expecting you to to get back? Well, what's a realistic goal for you? Is it is it the season too soon? Oh, look, a lot of it depends where I'm, uh, how long I stay in the situation that I'm in at the moment with this bone bruising. So. Look, if that if that heals itself quickly, then I'd probably have to nail a lot of my rehab to, to see any rugby at the end of the season. Um, obviously, Wayne came out and, and talked a bit about the New Zealand tour. Um, but look, I'm I'm hopeful at worst, at, at the very very worst, it'll mean I start the season fresh with everyone else. Good stuff. Now um, we just had Christmas, uh, and as an injured player, I know you got loads of rehab going on, all that stuff. But one, how hard is it when you're injured to keep the weight off? Because I struggled when I was playing, let alone when I was injured. And two, how much did you enjoy Christmas as a injured player and being able to indulge? And we're hearing rumours that you had a massive Kiwi get together on Christmas Day with Nick Williams, and there was a 50 kilo pig and a 40 kilo lamb cooked. Was his mum there? <laughs> I, mate, I, lo- I saw the yeah, video on Cardiff, there. mate. I saw I saw the video. It looked class, like and lovely woman, mate. Lovely bloke by the by the sounds of it. Uh, how good was it? Yeah. Um, well, look, firstly, um, look, yeah, Christmas has been fairly enjoyable from a social point of view, I suppose. And with the type of injury I had, you know, originally I was trying to keep my head on and you know train hard and watch what I was eating. But I guess with these injuries, sometimes mentally it can play a, a, a bigger part, you know. And so I decided to sort of relax a little bit and enjoy Christmas because it's very rare that we do get to enjoy the you know the Christmas off and and have a few you know beers and, and things like that. So I have put on a, a little bit of weight especially around the drive. But, yes, uh, there's a bit of work to be done there. And and, and from a Christmas point of view, yeah, we, we've sort of had. Um, I guess a, a Kiwi orphan Christmas now for the last five or six years where, you know, a lot of the boys from back in New Zealand or Australia tend to, you know, obviously all our families are, are back, you know, in New Zealand or whatever. And so we tend to get together and, and this year was a bit bigger than normal with, um, with a few of the boys and their families. And, uh, obviously Nick's mum, uh, came over a couple of weeks ago. She just left actually. So it was nice to have her there. And, um, yeah, Nick decided to, to do a big pig on the split. So we're up at, I think I turned it on at 3 a.m. And wow. we, we had that going for about 12 hours. So it was a big job, but we had, we had plenty of meat and, and certainly Nick knows how to put away his food. So, um, 
Yeah, we, we didn't go uh, didn't go hungry, that's for sure. It sounds the polar opposite of mine, mate. If you if you had a chainsaw, you could have brought it to my house to cook the turkey, mate. That's all I'm saying, to cook the turkey, I should say. Um, mate, we need to talk about it, and it, it's going to be a difficult one for you because you've only just gone to Ospreys, and you, you, you've obviously um, seen, we've all seen there's been a few problems there. What What is the mood like there? Because the whole situation around Alan Clark leaving and then being, being held at the club, and you know, naturally the results and stuff, it's, it's been difficult. How is the vibe at the Ospreys? Yeah, look, it's tough. The, the, there's been no lack of effort, you know. The, the boys have, from what I've seen, they are still training hard and, and in games, you know, I've given it all. We've just sort of lacked a little bit of quality at times and, and you know, we just haven't been quite as accurate as we would have liked to have been. And then obviously with Sparky moving on and, and that's been a little bit unsettling with a lot of movement and I suppose, you know, Jockey, Matt uh, Sherrick, you know, announced he's off to Worcester. So, look, from a professional point of view, it's been it's been tricky for all the boys, I think. And, you know, with the fact that, you know, Ospreys have, have had a lot of players in the Welsh environment and obviously with their layoff coming back from the World Cup and the Barbars and, you know, we just haven't been able to field our best team for, for a long period of season. And and then on top of that, you know, I've, I've never come across a, an injury list like the one we've got. You know, I've been in some teams that we've had it pretty bad with five or six, but... You know, we've been double figures now for, I don't know, it seems like three months. You know, there's at least 10 to 13 boys in the injury ward and, and, you know, half of them, all of us, you know, long-term injuries, which has been really frustrating and also unusual. Um, so I do feel for the, the boys and the group in that sense because, you know, some of these things you can't control. So we've we've had to, you know, play some young boys that um, are probably still finding their feet at this level and, and um you know, it can be tough and, 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 you know, I guess case in point in the weekend, you know, sometimes it's a bit like quicksand with, you know, the harder you try, the bigger the, the mess or hole that you create and, you know, nothing just seems to be going for us at the moment. So it's been a challenging time for us for sure. But some good news coming out of the, of the club and uh, over in Wales is the fact that Reese Webb is coming back and is signed for the Ospreys uh, and also can now play in the Six Nations. Have, have you spoken to Reese? Are you looking forward to getting him back? And more importantly, how is he? Because... He's just been told, or I've just read in the press today, that the Toulon owner has said he's never playing for Toulon again. Let's get him back to <laughs> Wales now. Yeah, typically Toulon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, look, I, I've, I've had some brief messages with Webby. I think he's excited about coming back. And obviously, you know, the Ospreys is home and Wales is home. And I think he's talked a little bit about the, the troubles and problems he's had with being away with, from his family and probably maybe didn't expect that to be as difficult. I think, you know, from another point of view, I think like like, any rugby player, you, you know, you, you want to be in the, the shop window of playing test rugby. And I think, um, you know, watching the World Cup and things like that, I think probably he found harder than he was expecting. And, you know, obviously when you've got the likes of Gareth Davies and, and Thomas Williams and Ella Davies putting their hands up and playing well, you know, I guess um, he wants to come back and compete for that jersey and, and, you know, potentially put his hand up. So from a Welsh point of view, you know, it's great that we've got so many halfbacks fighting for one jersey and a real strength and depth there. So, um, I think he's really hungry to get back to that level. And, um, you know, from an Osprey's point of view, it's great that we've managed to get him back for next season. And then also as a professional rugby player, a lot of focus is all on the rugby, but you're pretty good away from the field, aren't you? Involved with a few businesses, loose heads, leisure wear. Uh, but the one I'm more interested in is uh, a new business called Fit App with Alex Cuthbert that you're involved with. Is that going to help me with my weight gaining? No, it's or not, no. My fitness is, can you give us a bit of detail on <laughs> we, that? We, uh, we aim to hope so, Goody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it, 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 it's been an interesting learning curve for myself. And, and obviously, um, with the injury, you know, I was 
one thing I've keen to do was try not to get too stale with the with just being in rugby and try and use the time to just be a bit of a normal person and, and mix up with a different crowd and, and this this business opportunity sort of presented itself a, a little while ago with, with Cassie, who I'm good mates with, and, and our other business partner, Dean Jones, and we just decided to give it a crack and it seems to be going okay at the moment. We're still sort of in its infancy of, of launching it now, um, but I guess FootApp's basically designed, it's more or less a, a search engine comparison site for you know, all things fitness, sport, health related and, and well-being and, and trying to make it, you know, easier for, for anybody really to start their fitness journey mentally and physically really. And, and hopefully, I guess the aim is really just, just to try and give the, the consumer as many choices as possible for, you know, a pretty cost effective way of doing it as well. So, um, it's been interesting doing it. And I guess with all things business, you know, you never quite know how it's going to go. So, you know, we just thought we'd dive into it and. It's been nice to, to mix it up, and and then um, I guess from like you mentioned with loose heads, you know I think now with professional sport particularly, you know we can see the toll trying to perform at that level can take on on people's uh, mental health, and um, we thought it'd be good to to help support that a little bit more. And uh, you know I've seen some players go through some pretty tough times, and you know we thought just for anyone really, we thought we could help support people in a better way. And I think as well with mental health, I don't think you need to be necessarily in a dark place to, to go through it. It's like anything, really, you can always get stronger at things. And, and whether that's just being a bit more sure to yourself and, and your processes and, and doing that, then, you know, why not um, try and better yourself in that way as well? So that's why, you know, the, the partnerships with Lucid have been really beneficial from that point of view as well. Yeah, if you've got any triple XL clothing, I'll take some of that. Uh, and then the fit up, I need to lose 10 kilos. So if that can help me as well, that'd be great. You can be one of the first clients, eh? <laughs> um, so, so for the millions of listeners and, and watchers out there, I think we've got about 3 million people in Wales. Is there 3 million people in Wales even? That, I have no idea. 3 anyway, million sheep. 3 million sheep. How, how do they get hold of the app? Is it, is, is, it just, is it on iTunes and stuff? So how do the millions of listeners get hold of that? No, it's, it's not on just yet. Um, but yeah, look, we, we will have a... Um, the app will be going live shortly. Uh, it's not quite ready to go just yet. So we'll have an app which basically everyone can go on and uh, a website, fitapp.co.uk. And that will be a way of, I guess, um, signing up, registering, and, and hopefully then we can you know, help people start or continuing their fitness journey and or, like I said, um, I guess help people with you know, their mental health as well. Good on you, mate. All right, Gareth, best of luck with both those ventures and, of course, with your injury. Hopefully we'll see you back out in the field sooner rather than later, mate. Cheers for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me, boys. Have a good one. Cheers, Gareth. Good lad. Good lad. Good, good lad. lad. Very Welsh. Um, <laughs> very Welsh. Um, mate, good lad. Yeah. Um, I was pitch side with him. He had a stool. Of course, he's got a sore knee for the Saris Ospreys game. You took his stool? What? You took a stool sample? Smelt it. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Um, yeah. Um, good looking, mate. He's yeah, he's a good, a- hey, if you're going to take any man's stool, you may as well take his. He's yeah. a good looking fella, isn't he? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Mate, tough injury. Warrior. Yeah. Mate, there ain't many, many of us that would play on with it's, something like that. It's funny, isn't it? So, ACL injury, it's not funny, but ACL injury, like he said, some people can, they're in excruciating pain. I remember when Harry Ellis did it at Leicester years ago. Um, and he was screaming. Mm. And then and he was hard. Yeah, he was Mate, hard. he's that hard that when he played against Scotland, his ear fell off and he was fine about it. <laughs> like, as in his ear it completely fell yeah, off. That was a twicking. He had a hole in his head that and his ear fell off. That was a twicking. And I said, Harry, your ear's off. He says, where is it? I said, it's in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and that was another day he took 50 points, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was. We went out, I so was, it was on 50. Um, yeah, and also someone like Graham Roundtree, my old ears, he played with no ACL. No, that was no MCL. 
No, it's ACL. Well, it was something L. I'm yeah. sure. I don't think it was an ACL. I think it, it was, was MCL. He had no Maybe ACL. We'll get yeah, my old ears. Hello, Wig. I know you're listening. Do you guys want to have a look at any rumours in the oh, rumour mill? God, go on then. What do you got for what, us? What you got, Jim? Uh, what have I got? Well, we spoke about Johnny May, didn't we? Yeah. Or the well, rumour. I can tell you now, he ain't going to now. Well, who said that? Think, who think, got that rumour? I think he was, and then Nigel Ray said not so much. Shall I have a guess? I don't know. Shall I guess? Go on. So, is this talk of him leaving? Leicester, yeah, he's out of contract. But right. they've done Genge and they've done Ford. Let me have a think where he could go. Bath. I'm just literally picking a club out there. No. Out of the blue. McConaughey, Watson, Rock and Nagoonie. Yeah, I didn't know whether Rock and Nagoonie was going to stay or not. I'd, I'd have Rock and Nagoonie in any team. Yeah, I'd, 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 yeah, well, I think that that's what yeah. his agent's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean. Where then? I don't know because. Well, you can't say you don't know. I thought that. I thought you. Oh, no, Saracens was, the, Saracens was the rumor. We ain't going there now, is well, it? Well, we shall see. Any other rumors? Yeah. What? Oh, mate, the demise of wasps. Oh, Nick Griggs coming. Hey, he's on fire. <laughs> Nick Griggs on fire. Fire. I said the I said the song wrong, didn't yeah, I? You did. It's yeah, it's a different song. one. Don't worry. Yeah. That's the other fire song. Yeah. Um, and Brad Shield apparently to Northampton. Why? Why is he going to Northampton? Well, he if he does, I don't know whether he is. I know the rumor is out there, but he was coached uh, by Chris Boyd. A lot oh, that's fine the then. That's fine. That's fine then. How many games has he played for Wasp? Five? <laughs> I Five don't know. He's, he's, a to- he's, a, he's a very decent bloke, actually. He's a good lad. And a very good player. Yeah, he's a very good player, but he's had a lot of injury concerns. Um, and I don't know. We, we Hell don't, of a beard. Yeah, we're not privy to... Hell of a bush as well. We're not privy to, obviously, the negotiations. Does Dye Young look at him and go, you're on a decent contract. We haven't had value for money. We're going to have to cut you because you're injured a lot. And Northampton, have, have they come in and gone, well, we'll pay you what you're on now? Well, Who knows? For, I don't know. Well, the Northampton are looking for a back row because yeah. they wanted Don Brandt and, and didn't get him. Yeah, I'm speculationarizing. Okay. That's a word for you, Jim. Okay. Speculation. Oh, I know that one. Should we have a look at some social media questions? Oh, God, let's please, please. Well, before we get into the, some fresh questions, should we have a look at the Fit 15? Anyone else you guys want to chuck in there? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, what are you up to? Um, second row? Are you still second row? Do I need to have two second rows? You do, mate. It makes a team. Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne. Yeah. Yeah, he played till he was 50, so I don't think you got the full picture of him. Rugby league days, beautiful. I, I feel like that. A, actually, like, that. A, like a movie star. Like a, chiseled uh, jaw, big veiny... Um, arms <laughs> uh, and just a guy if someone's coming into your house right as a wife you might have 10 wives in your house you might have 20 kids and a dog you might have none if he's in in that house that you're coming into rob you best be hard why are you robbing you houses know? now jim why well, i'm just it, it's hypothetical is that because you had to give your house back because of the salary cap thing why well, i've still kept it oh, okay i've still one, kept the one it. bed in luton yeah it's probably worth the- 900 grand now <laughs> um did you see the pictures of those lads at extra game what, what now? They put it on social media. One, no. bed, one bed flat, one bed flat available in Luton, Jim Hamilton. I don't get it. Oh, okay. Uh, worth 900 grand. Brad Thorne. Good imagine, shout, that is. imagine rocking into the house. Mate, you could take a machine gun and he is still going to fill you in. <laughs> so I, I just think that there's different aspects to fit. You've got Tom Evans, Swordsman, now with Nicole Scherzinger. Still together? Mate, he's just posted a picture there with the Golden Globes together. Oh, was he? Mate, I, I hate him. That's not very nice. I, but apparently she's a, you know, she's annoying. I've not, I've not heard that. I'm just saying that because every, everything can't be good. everything can't be good for him. Make, make yourself feel better, though. So you have that good looking. You have got Tom Evans who's going out with a listers, and you have got Brad Thorne who's hard. I think you need someone who's hard in there mm. and who's fit, and um, potentially your you, your wife or, or your fella would, would leave for mm. Brad Thorne. You're very in, good. mate. Hey, forget it. He's captain as well. He skips. <laughs> Skips to the good-looking 15. The fit 15. Goody, who you got? Uh, outside centre, I'm at. 
Um, and I'm stuck between two. Are you going to go selfie Fekatoa or not? No, I can't go selfie Fekatoa. No. Uh, The two that I'm stuck between, and the only reason I'm stuck between them, because one, I love this guy. I think he's a good-looking guy. He's a very good rugby player. But his mate came on here the other day and absolutely buried him, Johnny Hill. Oh, okay. Uh, So Henry Slade. Yeah, you can't have people with smelly breath on. You can't have it. No. So he apparently he's got smelly breath. And what else did he say? Hairy bum. Hairy bum, smelly breath. Yeah, no. And apparently he's hung like a pit. But he's a good-looking lad, so I'm tempted to stick with him. Here's one for you, though. And the reason I didn't want to pick him, because we've already had a couple of Kiwis in there, Luke McAllister. Oh, my legs. Oh, my legs. Oh, He's got the lot, Luke McAllister. Legs. Yeah. So, do I go Henry Slade, that outside centre, or do I go Luke Maybe McAllister? You can't. you can't go someone with smelly breath. <laughs> yeah, if, if Maybe that's you true. Can. Maybe you can. <laughs> if that's true, if Johnny Hill, Johnny Hill's basically cost Henry Slade the place in the Fit 15. He'll be devoted. I'm going with Luke McAllister. A lovely human being, a lovely specimen. Yeah, in the showers. Oh my word! Nice, I'm really yeah, nice, I mean, mate. Yeah. Nice. What do you, you know, I expect nothing less. Quadzilla and nice. At searching CC has tweeted us: When will Owen Farrell evolve his tackling technique? I thought he had until the weekend. Saw a high shot. Um, yeah, that was unlucky, though. I think because he was going down, wasn't he? Naturally, he's a high tackler. Yeah. So I think that if you were to give a picture or a snapshot of Owen Farrell's natural tackle technique it'd be it'd be I what would it be smash him up top <laughs> go for a ball if you can't get shoulder on get ball yeah he does it hard <laughs> and he does it with his shoulder. hit with shoulder. <laughs> um yeah but yeah you're talking about the Hutchinson one as well from the weekend um though they, they've seemed to have disappeared a bit haven't they the, those mm. upright things but a couple of them came back in uh, and the, the best one was Graham Hughes in the truck for the Saints Sorry, for the Wasps Saints game. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Just sucking on my biscuit. Yeah, I checked that one. It wasn't, I thought it was fine. Play on. He's another Northern there. And I'm like, that's definitely at least a yellow. Uh, but Farrell's, I thought, could have been a yellow as well. But there's a red card in the hashtag always had a game against the Southern Kings. Did you watch it? No. They no, didn't see it. Elbow no. to throw. Barkley got elbow. Oh, was that the picture he put up? Well, he put, he put that picture up because he dropped the ball over the try line to play after. So <laughs> oh, it, it was five metres out from the try line, but he blamed the did, elbow. To did you give him mom? He asked me to give him mom. Yeah. And unfortunately, because he dropped the, the ball five metres from the try line, I couldn't give it him. Yeah. I was given the Guinness Pro 14 man of the match, and I found it very difficult. Who was it? James Johnson, centre, yeah. 13. Well, we've got time for one more social media question. This one's from Ross McLaughlin. Ireland have a big choice at nine between Cooney and Murray, which was played out at Ravenhill at the weekend. So my question is, when Cooney is picked, how many tries will he score, and why is he so beautiful? Why is he so beautiful? I mean, Cooney's the man, isn't he? At the minute, he is. Uh, and it's easy to say this. It's easy to say, pick him ahead of Colin Murray. I've not seen too much of Munster. I just know they're not going as well as Ulster and he's got a load of momentum he's come on the podcast you know I'm sure Andy Farrell listens to the podcast shit happens uh, right you come on you you go well yeah so you know he's been there in the mix he missed out on the World Cup squad he he came on here he spoke about his disappointment he's the main man at the minute and Ireland need change and I think there will be changes there has to be they need to freshen it up you're talking about a 9-10 combo Sexton's not played for quite some time now has he because of his injury so you know is he going to get back fit before the Six Nations when I spoke to him over in Dublin he said he, he was hopefully uh, but I, you're right if you're picking on form and you're a new coach coming in uh, I know Farrell's been in the the coaching team there but he's now head coach you have to pick someone like Cooney to back up provincial form and you know he's the man past 500 points for Ulster at the weekend someone came at me on Twitter and, and said yeah but what about his bush 
So I asked him on Twitter, and he was like, what do you reckon? I get my hair cut every two weeks. There ain't no bush down there. <laughs> so there. John Cooney, on fire. He's as trim as you like downstairs. That'd be the biggest shock of my life. If he had a, a yeah, massive bush. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, it'd be an OMG moment. <laughs> OMG Jim. Uh, it'd be like, no, this is this this is, this is is a dream. <laughs> Pick him. Well, well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly. And before we get into that, uh, did your family like the presents we got from Budgie Smugglers, guys? Oh, I love oh, me them. And my missus put the jumpers on, yeah. yeah. Mine was a bit tight, though. Triple XL. Bro, we always with nipples pointing through. Uh, nipples were down. Were they? I need to get them back up again. Under? Well, they're pointing down, so I'm, you know, I want to go okay. back to the gym and, and get them back up. Just head to budgiesmuggleruk.com if you fancy getting your hands on any of the men's, women's, or kids' range from Budgie Smuggler. And if you enter the code PODPODPOD, you'll get free shipping as well. I'll tell you what did happen. Um, I had the, 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 the Speedos on in the house and they were quite baggy which is <laughs> I don't know if anyone's wore baggy it's speedos it's because you hung like a pip <laughs> it, it's stress and one of the kids said to me dad why are you wearing pants with your face on I was like I actually have no idea these are budgie smugglers that have been sent to me and I'm wearing them and yes you're right they've got my face on and so you're wearing just that around the house you're poor, well, I, I your poor children yeah I put them on I was, poor I, was, I was going out running the good plenty of good this week and I'm going to start off with something that may surprise people we're going to start off at Saracens with Ed Griffiths finally apologising uh, for Saracens clearly breaching the salary cap. The first person to apologise for what they've done. So uh, tip of the slipper to Ed Griffiths for that. Uh, what else is good? Gloucester and especially friend of the pod, Jake Pelledry being the main man down there, dismantling Bath in the second half. Jake Pelledry, 69 metres and 11 defenders beating. Uh, pretty impressive for a forward. He carries like a truck. Unbelievable from him. What else was good? Should we head o- over to France? Oh, goody. Yeah. I'm feeling very happy in the new year. And I'm going to start with Toulon. They absolutely spanked cast at home, 43 points to three. We're going to stay in France with the good. Stade Francais beat Toulouse 30 points to 18. Uh, a massive win for them. That basically takes them off the bottom of the top 14 league. A few clubs from the Premiership need mentioning. Saracens walloping... Worcester, 62 points to 5. That was pretty impressive. Uh, Sale destroying Quinns, 48 points to 10. Six tries. They look good uh, and very powerful. Exeter, another six-try bullying of London Irish. Uh, Leicester Tigers, 31-18 victory over Bristol. Was pretty good. Johnny May getting a couple of tries there. We'll go over to the Guinness Pro 14. And Ulster and friend of the show, we mentioned him just previously, John Cooney, the absolute legend, uh, scoring 500 points for Ulster. Not in one game, but he's tipped over the 500-point barrier for Ulster in their spanking of Munster, 38 points to 17. Leinster, they carry on on their great run of form. Jim says they're under the radar. They're not. They're 14 from 14 so far this season now, dominating Connacht, 54 points to 7 at the RDS. Still unbeaten, and that was with a relatively young squad as well. Uh, But the good this week, it's going to be very surprising to a lot of people because, again, it's a team that sometimes regularly feature in the bad. Oh, here we go. Zebra. They absolutely dominated the Cheetahs, 41 points to 13. Charlie Walker scored two tries. Uh, they feature, they have featured in the bad, but to get a big victory like that over the Cheetahs at home uh, is a massive tip of the slipper to them. So this week, Zebra get the good, the bad. Uh, a few bits of bad. Uh, Monster, their poor show in Ulster on Friday night. Uh, that was pretty bad. Cast over in the top 14, had their pants pulled down uh, at Toulon, 43 points to three. Um, watching a bit of Premiership Rugby over the weekend. Will Stewart, what is happening with your lid, son? Horrific lid. Uh, that's pretty bad. Um, 
here's one for you. The Cheetahs and the Kings both got dominated this weekend. The Kings lost, as we heard from Jim, 61 points to 13 at Always Edinburgh. Uh, the Cheetahs lost, as we just heard in the Good, 41 points to 13 at Zebra. They hadn't played a competitive game since November the 30th. Madness for a league. Obviously, with the European break and everything that goes with it. Uh, the next game isn't until January the 25th, so both of them lost. So, the two Guinness Pro 14 teams from South Africa featuring the bad. Uh, but the bad this week, unfortunately, it has to go to Harlequins. And Joe Marler, for his ludicrous yellow card, conceding 48 points, losing 48 points to 10 up at sale. Quins, they were ill-disciplined. Bit of a shambolic performance from them, to be honest. Didn't look good. Paul Gustard, not happy. Joe Marler's petulance as well. That's what gets them the bad this week. Uh, and then the ugly. There's two bits of ugly this week. One, coming out of Toulon. Their new owner, Bernard Lemaitre, uh, saying that Reese Webb won't play for Toulon again after he signed for the Ospreys. Got an agreement to play for Wales in the Six Nations. And just for our listeners out there, this is how crazy French rugby is. If he played in the Six Nations, he'd only missed one Toulon game. Yet the owner of Toulon, the new owner, has just said he ain't ever playing for Toulon again. We've seen this at Toulon before, haven't we? Mm. With Julian Surveyor, and then a couple of weeks later, he's scoring tries for fun for them. So uh, watch this space with that one. That's pretty ugly, uh, how that's come out in the press. But unfortunately, the ugly this week, um, it's something that uh, really, we spoke about earlier, it's really unfortunate what's happened. Michael Fatialofa's injury, um, he had to be stretched off with a neck injury shortly after coming on against Saracens at the weekend. Uh, player was suspended for about 15 minutes. Uh, he spent the last two nights uh, in St. Mary's Hospital in Paddington. Uh, he's in intensive care, but he's stable. Um, so all our thoughts uh, with him and his family, uh, and hopefully um, he can get as much of a recovery as possible. Matt Hampson Foundation is there to help as well with recovery and, 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 and advice on, on this sort of thing. So big uh, wishes and thoughts and prayers with the Fatialofa family. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim, and thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod.